Hello, 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 everybody. This is your girl, the lovely Miss Candy, who sometimes goes by the Cocoa Goddess. And I'm here to snatch your soul. This week, we don't have a special guest. It is just me. I am here to talk about some things. Before I start, I just want to give a general, like, I guess a disclaimer about generalizations because motherfuckers get mad when people generalize and in my case my specific case I'm generalizing because I don't know everyone individually but I know majorities and so when I say that somebody does or a certain group does or a certain group doesn't like I'm speaking in majority and if you don't like it you can turn me off (laughs) but if you good then let's go so my topic this week is about the patriarchal takeover and this topic um is 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 kind of an important piece to understanding me and my thoughts and my journey as far as it you know has to do with religion and spirituality I believe I said it in my first episode that. I have rejected the patriarchy, which sounds a lot more dramatic than it actually is. But in me rejecting the patriarchy, it has affected the way that I view certain things. So the way that the religion that I grew up in, Christianity, is set up, a lot of it is quite patriarchal. And in me rejecting the patriarchy at a young age, might I add, for years I was struggling with remaining in a religion that literally went against everything I stood for as it pertains to women and the way women are treated and the way women are viewed in comparison to men and I'm gonna get kind of deeper into it later on in this podcast but I I believe that the way society kind of operates women and men are uh, socialized a certain way as girls and boys and as we get older and start making decisions for ourselves we can either reject our socialization or we can lean into our socialization I just so happen to have rejected my socialization So, I mean, it's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. It's just kind of what I've chosen to do. I am living life in the way that makes sense and works for me and refuse to do anything other than that. So that is how this topic ties into the premise of this podcast. And so I just want to jump into kind of a lot of what I've gathered during research, a lot of, before I start, I just want to say a lot of where I kind of got my research or got, I've got it from another places, but a kind of a centralized place. If anyone wants to kind of look into some of these things that I say, I will link an article that I read from the University of Notre Dame which talks about uh the witch hunt and then there's a book by Black Girl Bliss and Black Girl Bliss writes books for 
for anyone, but the main focus is black women and the book that I got kind of a lot of my early religion information from, or that has it in a centralized place. Like I said, I've kind of gathered it from a lot of different places, but this book kind of has everything um, kind of in one place for you to read. And that is their book called Pussy Prayers. So now that I have gotten that out of the way, let me jump into it. So in order for this to be understood, and I'm already, I already know this is going to be a two part, (laughs) a two part topic, but in order for the topic of the patriarchal takeover to be fully understood, um, I'm going to have to get into a lot of history stuff. And so it's kind of funny how we ended up in the space we are today, um, spiritual-wise, especially when it comes to women and a lot of the major religions, because a lot of times women are put or... Uh, seen as kind of less than men not kind of seen as less than men and it is quite interesting because in early religions in early culture that was not the case so so when we kind of examine the history of the way women were seen and the way women were looked at in the past it's almost like a worship type thing like they like since the paleolithic age i'm talking 3500 bc women were were worshipped um in one book i read that there were cultural festivals and at these cultural festivals there were triangular cakes that were there to represent the Mesopotamian goddess of war and sexual love. Her name is Ishtar. There were cakes, triangular cakes there to represent her vagina. Um, also, <laughs> there were cases, and I think Egyptian and Japanese women, like it was like cases, or not cases, but sometimes they would flash their vaginas, like lift their skirts and flash their vaginas. They would lift their skirts and flash their vaginas to increase agricultural harvest and kind of like dispel negative energy. And when I read that part of the article that I was reading, I found it to be so interesting because if a woman today was to go outside and lift up her skirt, like motherfuckers would have something to say about it. Like it would be a big thing. And it would be demonized and it's so crazy that in a paleolithic paleolithic that word is gonna kick my ass this whole podcast show in the paleolithic age it was used to dispel negative energy and now if a woman were to do that all she would get is negativity and people putting her down and I feel like I feel like once patriarchy came in, um, and again, I'm going to get to that later on, it really just put a a negative light behind women and sexuality 
And what I'm learning is that a lot of people who have rejected religion and who are spiritual, especially women, a lot of, a lot of women who are spiritual or even um, have turned to African traditional religion, they tend to be very in tune with their sexuality and not even in a way where they're like overtly sexual. I'm talking, it can be so simple as I know what I like and I know what I don't like and I know what I'm not doing. I'm not doing for you or anyone else. Like, I'm sure we've heard a bunch of times like in these days of how someone would or a woman would like engage in threesomes in order to quote keep a man I don't believe in keeping no man I don't believe you can keep a person period not just a man but um how women would engage in threesomes to like keep a man like being in tune with your sexuality is kind of being on some like I know I don't like that so I'm not doing it and if you don't like it you can go so I think that a lot of people get that mixed up with like I don't know I think being in tune with your sexuality is different for each person but I think for a lot of people myself included I think that is the way or a way that it shows up um so back into what I was saying or even kind of moving towards African traditional religion African traditional religion features female deities and a lot of the paraki and a lot of things that you learn will show how they demanded and commanded respect from the from the male deities and use their their femininity to do so and this is going I'm going to go off on a little tangent right here because when I had my conversation with Bria Janae from fucking me first we talked about how people have placed their own definitions and I just want to make this note right here because I am going to get more into this part in part two of this episode I mean part two of this topic but this is one of the reasons why I say that people have no idea what feminine and masculine is right because I feel like if women actually knew how powerful their feminine energy truly not even their feminine energy because I believe everybody has both but just how powerful feminine energy is we wouldn't accept the definition that patriarchy i.e men have placed on it patriarchy and keep in mind that we do we i mean i don't need to say this but i'm going to we live in a patriarchal society so in the patriarchy society that we lived in that we live in it has redefined femininity in a way that calls for women to minimize themselves so that men can kind of do what they want with very little pushback. There are weekly, I know on black Twitter, (laughs) there are weekly, probably daily. I just don't get on it enough to see the daily conversations, but there are weekly to daily conversations um, about submission. The literal definition of submission is to surrender one's authority why do you need what authority (laughs) right but even that like 
they want to be able to kind of do what they want, have their say, be in charge with very little pushback from women. And if you're not someone who does that, if you're not someone who kind of plays the back, if you're not someone who's willing to dim your light or just kind of go with whatever they're saying or questioning them or not quote unquote cooperating, which I'll get into it later. (laughs) But if you're not willing to just kind of lie down, then you're labeled as masculine, which is crazy to me because what they're uh, labeling as a woman being masculine, if a man were to do it, he would simply be sticking up for himself. It's nuts to me. But like I said, that is going to be a bigger topic to be tackled on the second part to this topic because that that whole concept in this this way we have defined masculine and feminine is like it needs it needs some time to really break it down but like I said if women actually knew how powerful feminine energy is they wouldn't allow that redefinition and they wouldn't allow the one that was come up with by men (laughs) in patriarchy or I'll call it the patriarchal based definition that's what I'll call it they wouldn't accept the patriarchal based definition because to be honest women hold some of the greatest power between their legs and a lot of them don't even realize it like it is powerful Um, even going back to, I can't remember what year this was, but there's a Hawaiian goddess. Her name is Kapo and Kapo is the goddess of fertility, fertility, sorcery, and I think dark powers. I think it's fertility, sorcery, and dark powers. She's the um, Hawaiian goddess of, and there's a story that says she was being chased by a half human half pig like creature and I'm gonna stop right there because when I the first time I heard this it automatically made me think about how when men are over sexualizing women and chasing sex or chasing women like I've heard them be referred to as pigs. I remember specifically I had went out with a group of people. It was some girls. It was some guys. And um, one of the guys that was with us couldn't even have a full conversation while we were out at the lounge we were at. Because every time a woman walked by, he had to eye her, eye her down like a piece of damn meat. And I remember one of the girls, one of my homegirls was like, Ugh, he's such a goddamn pig. And when I read this story, every time I read this story, I always go back to that moment because I'm like, yo, this shit, like these, a lot of these stories keep repeating themselves and showing it up in today, right? But back to the story, she was being chased by a half human, half pig like creature. Um, and the only reason why she got away with it, because here's the crazy part, she detached her vagina and she threw it. And when she threw it, the creature chased the vagina to the end of the earth. And what I know we know what we all know some guy who is constantly chasing vagina. Not chasing the woman attached to it, but he is chasing sex. Crazy, right? 
And there are even myths that say that there was a woman who flashed her vagina and defeated Satan. Um, and the book Pussy Prayers, and I quite frankly agree with this, but the book Pussy Prayers says that this is a huge part. This myth is kind of a huge reason for why the vagina and subsequently women, because of course they are attached to women, um, why they were kind of demonized. If women possess something powerful enough to defeat Satan, then it had to be fucking demonic, right? And this is where kind of patriarchy rears its ugly head because a lot of men didn't believe that women should be worshipped because during those times in the paleolithic age um women were uplifted simply for being them while men were they had to like go out and fight or they had to like go out and hunt like there was some sort of conquest they had to achieve or take down in order for them to be uplifted and women were uplifted simply for being them and the men felt like women hadn't done anything special to receive the the reverence that they were getting and here comes the patriarchal narratives entering the chat honey because this is where these these narratives come in women are emotional we're weaker we're not as smart or as capable as men and not only do they do this to kind of make us seem less than men it kind of places men in a position or placed men in a position where by patriarchal standards they should be worshipped they should be worshipped <laughs> they should be um you know revered simply for having a penis they also kind of ushered in the idea that a male deity created the earth now i'm gonna stop here and let me just preface what i'm about to say with in episode one, I told a paraki, and the paraki basically was like, it was about perspective and having different perspectives. And I need people to understand that what I'm about to say is my perspective of things based off my religious studies and my research. But to me, the idea that a man created the universe but did not make men birthers of humans is asinine to me it is asinine to me but that was the idea that was pushed and any person who didn't believe that it was said that they needed to be saved and again in this narrative I'm calling this a narrative um, because even though it does belong to a specific religion I feel like in kind of most of society these ideals have kind of taken over whether people are in that religion or not but ultimately 
in this narrative, the, the women were painted as gullible, irresponsible, and directionless. Hence the idea that they needed a male leader. Because remember, <laughs> remember that men are the smarter, non-emotional, stronger, capable gender, right? So even in... And now I'm going to get specific to the religion, but even in the Bible, right? One of the early, I think it's the first story. Uh, I think they separate the story of creation and the actual story of Adam and Eve. Nevertheless, um, in the story of Adam and Eve, like the symbolism in that story is nuts. Once again, Eve was created as, I mean, she was painted as gullible, responsible and directionless and you I mean we all know the story Eve ate the some people say apple either way it was a fruit off the tree they weren't supposed to eat it there was a snake serpent however you call it came in told Eve eat off the tree Eve ate off the tree gave it to Adam who is the leader right um and both of them got punished Eve because she ate off the tree Adam because he was supposed to be the leader and didn't lead um and they were both punished but even in that right Eve was painted as gullible irresponsible directionless and even when you look into her transgression um of eating the apple or whatever you want to call it she was deceived by a snake or serpent or whatever the symbolism in that is that historically snakes have been associated with goddesses however due to this story snakes are now seen as evil and demonic right not to mention women menstruating is often said to be one of the punishments resulting from this 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 transgression this sin right and it is i mean women having a period is hugely stigmatized before this i mean because of this i remember being young and complaining about my period and my sister said well you can blame me for that mind you menstruation is like it's normal like if you don't menstruate you can't have kids so there's that right but because of this story because of this narrative it's been looked at as like a stigma and a result of someone's sin and i mean how many of us have been teased in middle school or elementary school depending on when you got it about having a period i have <laughs> and i'm sure a lot of other women have as well and even going to like women and women's sexuality, which again, part two, it's going to be a big piece, but we know about the, the, the witch hunt from the middle ages. I mean, it, there, I feel like every cartoon I watched, there was always some sort of like episode referencing at least one episode that referenced the middle ages some cartoon character would get in some sort of time machine or something or have a dream where they were in the middle ages and there was a witch hunt and blah 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 but 
did y'all know that religious leaders during that time was deeming women as witches for having sexual behavior, which is natural, right? They were only deem, uh, deeming women witches for their sexual behavior, not men, but women. And it's crazy because women through Christianity are essentially descendants of Eve, And because Eve tempted Adam with the apple, now women are temptresses and were even said to drain men by the act of sex, right? So this article that I read from the University of Notre Dame, it was freaking crazy. And I had to grab this little passage and this specific passage from the article is, um, I forget where she said it was, but it was from like an old piece of writing. And it's about the process that women essentially drain, the process where women essentially drain and absorb men's life force through sex. Get ready for this crazy shit. The more women have sexual intercourse, the stronger they become because they are made hot from the motion that the man makes during coitus. Further, male sperm is hot because it is the same nature as air. And when it is received by the woman, it warms her her entire body so women are strengthened by this heat. If that isn't the most like, first of all, it sounds crazy, but what a way to describe a natural urge, a natural act between two people. But even in this kind of way of thinking, this narrative, um, (laughs) in a patriarchy doesn't make sense newsflash, if a man having sex with a woman could possibly drain him from his life, could, could drain his life force, right? Why is it that just in society speaking and even in religion, because let's face it, men are not demonized for having sex, pre, especially premarital sex. Um, and at least in Christianity, the way women are, I can only speak for what I went through, but I mean, for what I've seen, but men are not in any way demonized the way women are. However, either way, why is it okay for them to constantly seek it out? Why is that built into their existence? If a woman wants sex, something's wrong. She's a hoe, she's whatever, right? But if a man wants it, well, he's just a man being a man. However, this is something that drains them of their life force. So based off of patriarchy, wouldn't the stronger, smarter, more capable sex avoid something that would deplete his life force? Things that make you go, hmm, right? But I just kind of the point to this what I'm saying here even though people don't think like this now a lot of 
what is thought during this time, which is the Middle Ages, is what has gotten us to the point we are now. Now, I will say great strides have been made as far as women's sexuality and the freedom to express, and things are a bit different now. If you heard my podcast, um, Tastefully Ratchet, with my co-host Sid, then you would, the way we speak freely about sex would not be allowed in this time. Of course, they didn't have podcasts, but just in us having a conversation just in general about sex. Hell, I go so far, us being open about sex in like the 80s and the 90s, we kind of be looked at kind of crazy, right? But this way of thinking ultimately throughout the years have just minimize women and basically led a lot of us to believe that we are less than and we believe this because it's the way we're socialized these concepts these patriarchal concepts whether we realize it or not is built into our socialization like I said in the beginning with socialization you can do one of two things you can lean into it or reject it for myself I have rejected it I operate outside of the patriarchy and it is just, it is what it is. I do know, however, I do know that most people don't operate this way. So I don't, you know how people do this thing where if you don't think the way they think, then you're crazy, right? Like on Tastefully Ranching a couple of weeks ago, it was a girl, she was talking about how people always say that soul food isn't good for you. And she attributed to people just not knowing how to cook because I guess the soul food she's had, it wasn't high in sodium. But for the majority, right, most people is not preparing their soul food the way that she's obviously preparing hers over there right in my case I know that most people do not operate outside of the patriarchy the way that I do right so I kind of carry myself that way for example let's say I'm out I'm at a lounge I'm with a group of people men and women and I have to park on the street I live in Baltimore. There's a good chance that when I go out, I'm going to have to park on the street. And I might have to take a little walk depending on what time I get there. So let's say I'm ready to go and I walk to my car. I'm going to ask one of my homeboys to walk me to my car. Not because I can't get to the car by myself, but because I know with the way most people think If somebody wanted to do something to me, seeing me there with a man, they're going to be less likely to try it. Now, there are some people who just don't care, but I know a vast majority of people are not going to try nothing with me, whether it be harassing me or actually like physically doing something to me if there is a man there it is what it is well I mean there's that and if it's if if it's a guy I like there it's a chance for me to get a little moment alone or whatever but for the most part I know (laughs) that if somebody sees me walk into the car with a guy they gonna leave me alone it just is 
is how it is. So like while I tend to operate outside the patriarchy, there's some things I know that most people don't. Or there are just some ways of thinking that people haven't let go of. And so when I'm out in public, I tend to kind of use that knowledge to my advantage, like the way I just said. Now, what am I saying? I say all of this to say what? Because this was a lot of stuff that I just said, right? So I say all of this to say this. I just want to talk to the ladies in this in this moment. If you have leaned into your socialization and you support the patriarchy that is your prerogative, but if you are someone who feels like something isn't right and you're kind of torn about how to move into this world without buying into patriarchal ideas or minimizing yourself, just know that you don't have to do that. You don't have to break your spirit operating in a system that does not serve you. You just don't. And if you're a woman who, because I'm not this girl, because quite frankly, I don't care. But again, I understand that I'm in a minority. A lot of women really, really, really want to be in a relationship and they really want to find love. And if you are that woman, despite what men will tell you because a lot of them can't fathom the idea of a woman placing of a woman not placing them on a higher hierarchical pedestal despite what they want you to believe there are plenty of men who are willing to regard you as the strong capable woman that you are please know that you are that and then some and women especially black women no matter how much they try to say we're not strong, we're indecisive, we not capable, we are emotional. Don't believe that. We always get shit done. We will pull that strength from wherever we need to pull that strength from when we need to. And it just is what it is. And this, that statement, that sentiment brings me to my story today. So my story today actually comes from a book that I have um and it comes and it's called Dilogun Tales of the Natural World. This book has a bunch of stories, a bunch of paraki um and these stories are Santeria based. Okay? And so this story is about how women can't be can be hunters. Sorry, I'm getting my words tied tonight. It's about how women can be hunters, and this story features Oshun. And in this story, um, the hunters in the village told Oshun that women shouldn't use a knife to kill because it'll destroy you and make you sick. Of course, apparent lies, but that's what they told her. And at that time, she wasn't trying to hear that. Shit was tough, you know, Oshun... She had kids and they were hungry and the hunters wouldn't feed them unless she had sex with them. So, of course, what they told her in the beginning was self-serving. Like, you only told me that so you could try to push up on me, but whatever. So, they told her they wouldn't help her 
But then on top of that, told her that she couldn't do it herself. And she wasn't trying to hear that. So she went out into the forest and went to go hunt the food herself. She was scared. It was hot. She was sweating. If she was anything like me, she don't do sweat. I do not do sweat. (laughs) And she had on this thick cloth on her arm. And she had a knife. And... She was out there and she was afraid, but the more her stomach got the grumbling, she realized that she she had to do this. She she was hungry, her kids was hungry, and it was what it was. She saw this thing was a cheetah. I feel like she saw a cheetah or a leopard. I think it was a leopard. She saw a leopard. What she did was she kind of took that you know how on on the uh, cartoons when they gotta gain some courage and they take that big gulp Oshun took that big gulp and she started rustling rustling branches and stepping on twigs and leaves so she could make a noise not a whole lot of noise but enough to get the leopard to come to her and just like she was trying to do she attracted the leopard You know how animals, they like to stalk their prey before they pounce. And the leopard was stalking her. However, the leopard didn't realize that she had already peeped him. And so she got quiet and she waited because she knew it was coming to get her. And she waited for it to come. Once again, the leopard just did just that. And so she lifted up her arm, the one that I told y'all had that thick cloth on it, and the leopard bit down on it. And the leopard got stuck in the cloth. The leopard, while the leopard was stuck in the cloth, of course it was still living, so it was trying to twist away. And it was twisting her so hard that it brought her to the ground. When it brought her to the ground, she did what she had to do. She took her knife. And she stabbed and she killed that 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 leopard. And it was it was hard for her. And once the leopard was dead, its jaw kinda let up a bit and it laid on top of her dead. It was hard for her to do this, but she had to use all of her strength to get the dead weight of that animal off of her. And after she did that, she took the cloth off from her forearm and she saw when she took it off. Because when the leopard bit down, she kind of felt the teeth, but she felt it grazing. So it didn't puncture anything. She felt the graze. And once she saw how little damage it did after she took that cloth off, she couldn't help but to smile. And she skinned the leopard, chopped the leopard up into meat. And took it home to her kids to feed them. And she felt good after that. It felt so good to her to be able to to feed her kid and be able to, her children and be able to say that she did that herself. And I love (laughs) that story. The first time I read it, it just made me smile. And it made me smile because sometimes as women we are often made to believe that we can't do things because we're not strong enough we're not smart enough and sometimes we have to just jump out there and in this particular story and even in my in in this episode I was talking about the narratives that had been put out there about women and how when 
you know, men were questioning how powerful, not, they weren't questioning it when they became a little jealous about how powerful, um, the vagina and, and women were and showed up without doing any, you know, the things that they had to do to be seen as strong and powerful. They instantly turned to putting us down. And even though they will try to put us down as if we're inferior because we aren't as physically strong as them. When it comes down to it, women, and I'm going to say it again, especially black women, when it comes down to it, we do what needs to be done. A black woman is going to save the world one day, despite the fact that she shouldn't have to because it's not her job. But oftentimes... It is left up to us to get shit done. And I'm going to leave this here. But I will say that in part two, I'm going to get more into kind of current times. And not just current times, but current times in the black community. Because this new age patriarchy got got a lot of these new niggas acting crazy. <laughs> But I'm out of here. I'm your girl, the lovely Miss Candy, who sometimes goes by the Coco Goddess. And I just snatch your soul. Bye.